رحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصار إن شاء الله Last night we talked about the way that improving our spirituality is treated in the Quran and Hadith. And we said one way is to describe it as a battle, as a combat between us and ourselves not between us and foreigners between us and ourselves of course if we reflect on this we will find that we are not fighting against ourselves in a very philosophical sense we are fighting against the lower self to release the divine self which is inside us because we have two different realities inside us one is the main one which is unfortunately in most, most of the time imprisoned and under control of the lower one which is the animal self or which is the self which is always enjoining bad but if we can get rid of the control of this one then the real one will become superior and that is the one for which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises himself you know the only time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises himself in the course of creation is when he mentions the creation of the spirit of human beings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioning the stages through which we go to be created then he says ثُمَّ أَنْشَأْنَاهُ خَلْقًا آخَرُ فَتَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ أَحْسَنُ الْخَالَقِينَ ثُمَّ أَنْشَأْنَاهُ خَلْقًا آخَرُ we gave him another creation is when Allah gives us our spirits and then after that Allah says that maybe glorify the name of of the one who is the best creator anyway this was the idea that we very briefly studied last night the second way to treat this important subject is to consider people as patients as those who are ill and they are in need of a sort of cure a sort of medicine so, spiritual problems are like physical problems, like physical disease. As our body may suffer from different sorts of illness, our spirit also may suffer. Unfortunately, many people think that we can become ill only when we have some problem in our body. But the most difficult sort of illness is when we suffer inside our spirit or soul so 
I try to mention just few verses of the Quran and Hadith and quickly inshallah I hope we can finish this part of the discussion maybe inshallah tonight we can finish this there is a hadith from Imam Baqir alayhi salam and this hadith is mentioned in Biharul Anwar volume 75 page 164 Imam says la ilma kathalab salama there is no knowledge no science like the one with which you can secure your health wala salamata kasalamat alqalb and there is no health like the health in your heart so we all look for health and imam said this is very important but you should know more important than anything else is the health of your heart of your soul Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran in about 12 verses of the Quran refers to the fact that there are different sorts of disease for our heart you all remember this verse about munafiqun in the beginning of surah al-baqarah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says fi qulubihim maradun there is a disease, an illness in their hearts and this is increased by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they don't want to be cured they insist on being ill so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let this disease increase or in Surah Al-Ahzab this is chapter 33, number 32. One verse before Ayatul Tathir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the wives of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And says, فَلَا تَخْضَعْنَ بِالْقَوْلِ فَيَتْمَعَ الَّذِي فِي قَلْبِهِ مَرَضَ When they talk to the people to men they should talk very modestly not in the way that the people who have some illness in their hearts may get excited or you know may enjoy their voice this is the beginning of a problem between the relation of uh, mahram and namahram so this is another case in which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about illness in the heart and just on the opposite Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the hearts which are healthy qalb salim salim is healthy pure the prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala la tukhzani do not make me inferior do not make me without respect and dignity when the people all are revived on the day of judgment 
It's very important to be respected in this world. But more important is to be respected in the other world. So even a person like Prophet Ibrahim was worried whether he can be respected in the other world or not. So he said, وَلَا يَوْمَ يُبْعَثُونَ And then he said, يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ That is the day in which neither money, properties, possessions, nor children may help. Nothing can help. In this world, sometimes you may secure your respect and dignity by spending money. You spend money and then attract the attention of the people toward yourself. Or you may have great family to support you, so everyone has to respect you. But on the day of judgment, لا ينفع مالون ولا بنون إلا من الله بقلب سليم Except the one who comes before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a healthy heart, with a pure heart. This is the prayer of Ibrahim alayhi salam in Surah Shu'ara number 89. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us in the Quran that this request of Ibrahim was granted. Do you know where? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Nuh, then he says, وَإِنَّ مِنْ شِيَعَتِهِ لَإِبْرَاهِيمِ One of the Shia followers of Nuh was Ibrahim. Ibrahim was a follower of Nuh. إِذْ جَاءَ رَبَّهُ بَقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ When he met his Lord with a healthy heart. So what Ibrahim was asking, this ayah confirms that he achieved. So it is very important to have a pure and healthy heart. And this is not something easy. As I said, someone like Ibrahim, who is father of all monotheistic religions, to whom even the Prophet was asked to be loyal and to follow him. Because, you know, we are in the path of Ibrahim. Of course, it doesn't mean that Ibrahim was superior to our Prophet in his closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But... In the line of the prophethood, our prophet was asked to follow the examples of Ulul Azm. And one of them was Ibrahim. Anyway, so Ibrahim had this request and we must be much more looking to have this Qalb Salim. In Nahjul Balagh, Imam Ali alayhi salam says that it is in wise sayings 388 Imam says one of the catastrophes that may occur for us is poverty of course here means the poverty mostly in the physical life so it's very bad to be poor 
not to be able to afford for what you need. وَأَشَدُّ مِنَ الْفَاقَةِ مَرَضُ الْبَدَنِ But more difficult and worse than poverty is illness. If you have lots of money, but you suffer from some illness. For example, you have diabetes. You must keep very strict you know, diet. You cannot eat, you cannot you know, live you know, easily. Or if you have some, for example, problem in your heart, blood pressure, whatsoever. This is more difficult than being poor. It's good at least that if someone is healthy, even if he has no money, he can live his life. So Imam Ali says, this is more difficult than being poor. And then says, وَأَشَدُّ مِنْ مَرَضِ الْبَدَنِ مَرَضُ الْقَالِبِ And worse than illness of, heart, of body is illness of heart. So poverty is bad, but illness, physical illness is worse than poverty, and spiritual illness is worse than physical illness. So, we should be very careful about the way we can maintain and protect our spiritual health. The other terminology that you find in Islamic scriptures, in addition to illness or marath, is da, which sometimes means, again, illness or sometimes means pain. We have also many hadiths mentioning the fact that we may suffer from some pain or some illness inside our heart. For example, about the Quran, I purposefully selected these two hadiths because it relates to the Quran and this Ramadan is month of Quran. In Khutbatul Muttaqin, when Imam Ali alayhi salam talks about about muttaqin and the way they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the night Imam says amma al-layl fasafuna aqdamahum in the night they stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for prayer and talina al-ajza' al-Qur'an they recite parts of the Qur'an this is what they do in the nights but they just not recite what they do is yuhazzanuna bihi anfusahum wa yastathiruna bihi dawa'adahum they recite the Qur'an in the way they make themselves sad this is a very important issue especially nowadays some people you know blame us why you are so much in favor of crying and mourning and being sad we need to laugh we need you to be happy we need to enjoy ourselves and our life so why you are always many you are always you know sad and crying sometimes you know some people have this objection. But the answer is that we must have a balanced life. 
we must be happy, we must be smiling when we meet each other it's recommended that even if you have problem you shouldn't let others understand keep your problems for yourselves unless it is necessary unless if for example you need help otherwise if I have some problem people should not understand my problem from my face when people look at him find him very happy but he has some sadness in his heart okay so we don't want to spread sadness and grief among the people or for example we have many many hadith about the importance of making others happy if I make you happy I will be rewarded a lot this is very important but at the same time we shouldn't be always laughing and smiling and happy and forgetting our problems we need at least moments especially private moments it's very important to be worried to be concerned about our problems to be sad and Imam Ali here says that when you recite the Quran you must try to make yourself sad not in the sense that you don't enjoy no you enjoy but this sadness means that you are serious you know if I for example listen to someone who is speaking about spirituality whatsoever and then I just laugh so you will say that you are not taking what he says seriously but if I am looking carefully and I reflect on my own you know, shortcomings and whatsoever so you say, okay, this man is hope to find his way anyway, this is something just I want to mention brackets so Imam Ali says when they recite the Quran they try to find treatment and cure for their problems this is very important Whenever you recite the Quran, try to apply that verse of the Quran to yourself. If the Quran talks about mu'minin, you must check whether you have the same quality or not. If you have the same quality, thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and try to maintain this good quality. And if you don't want, if you see that you don't have that, so you must try to achieve that. And when you reach those verses which are about bad people, again check with yourself. If you suffer from the same problem, so you must work hard to get rid of that. If you don't have that quality, bad quality, again thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you must know that it is not guaranteed that you will remain the same. You must always be careful. So, the Quran is a source for finding solutions for our spiritual problems. And there is another saying of Imam Ali in Nahjubalaq, Sermon 176, in which Imam says, فَإِنَّ فِيهِ الشِّفَاءً مِنْ أَكْبَرِ الدَّا 
truly and verily there is treatment and cure in the Quran for the most difficult illness. And that is Al-Kufru wal-Nifaq wal-Qayyub al-Dalal. The most difficult illness is disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to be on wrong path. And there is solution for this and cure for this in the Quran. So you see, in the Quran and in Hadith, in different ways, we are given the idea of a sort of medicine by which you can secure your spiritual health and if you fail, you will suffer a lot. There will be different forms of illness, different forms of disease and people in the end may lose totally and entirely their spiritual life. So, these people are dead in reality even if they look alive. The Quran says to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu The Prophet Muhammad was very concerned about the guidance of all people. He was very much determined to guide all people. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You cannot guide all people. And elsewhere he says, You cannot make someone who is buried in the grave to hear you. So these people who are around you, they look alive. But Quran says they are like buried people in the graves and you cannot let them hear. So this is very important concept, having a spiritual life and a spiritual death. Inshallah, maybe later we can introduce this uh, idea in more details. So, the conclusion of this is that as we have health in our spirit, we may have illness in our spirit. As we need doctors and physicians to treat and cure us in our body, we need also doctors to cure us in respect to our spirit. The first doctor or physician for this Ummah was the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was not a doctor or physician who used to just sit in his, for example, surgery and just um, waiting for the people. No. Imam Ali says in Nahjul Balagh, Tabibun Dawarun Betebbe. Tabib means physician. But he was Dawarun, he was roaming, rotating. He was going everywhere to find some people to cure them. Tabibun Dawarun Betebbehi. Kad Ahkama Marahimahu wa Ahma Mawasimahu. He has made all equipments and instruments, everything ready and prepared. 
So that if people need treatment, he can provide them with proper treatment. Whenever it's needed, he provides them with treatment. But what sort of people the Prophet was treating and curing? Hearts which were blind. This was more difficult. You can make, you know, some operation in the physical eyes. It's not that much difficult. Of course, it needs, you know, to study, it needs, you know, expertise. But everyone, after, you know, some, making some effort and studying can reach this position. But to cure a heart which is blind, this is difficult. And this is what the Prophet was doing. There were deaf, deaf ears. The Prophet was curing them. And also there were tongues that could not speak the truth. And the Prophet was curing them. This was the job of the Prophet. And this was the job of the Imams. And this is the job of ulama who followed the same path. To go everywhere and make available to the people who look for treatment the best treatment. It's said that one of our great ulama, just to give you some idea that how important it is this way of treating spiritual problems. Akhund Mullah Hussein Quliya Hamadani. He was a very great spiritual master and he was originally from Hamadan, but he was resident in Najaf. And he was a spiritual master of Ayatollah Qazi Tabatabai. And Ayatollah Qazi Tabatabai was a spiritual master of Allama Tabatabai. So, once a person went to Mus'akhun Mullah Hussein Quli Hamadani, and he said, I want to cure myself. I want to have pure heart, healthy heart. So, the Akhund asked his student, Mirza Jawadaga Malikiya Tabrizi, who was a very pious man and he was giving later spiritual lectures in Qom and Imam Khomeini was attending his lectures. And he has the book Muraqibat wa A'mal Sana wa Liqaullah. Some part of Muraqibat is translated into English about Ramadan. So Akhun asked Mirza Jawadaga Maliki Tabrizi to look after this man. So this man was under the supervision of Mirza Jawadaga for six years. This is very important that you keep on the right path and you are determined to continue it. Because some people, you know, sometimes get very excited when they are, for example, in Majalis or in the nights of Qad or, for example, in fr- night of Friday. They are in very good mood. But unfortunately, after a while, they lose this good mood. 
Sometimes the companions of the Prophet complained that when we are with you, we are in a moon. But when we go out, we are nothing. And the Prophet Muhammad said, if you could maintain the same state, you could be able to shake hands with angels. But the problem is that you cannot maintain that situation. But this person was very determined and he stayed six years with Mirza Jawad So, as a doctor, as a physician, he solved all problems and then he made sure that he has reached a position in which he can be able to detach his spirit from his body. This is a very important state in which you have a sort of voluntary death. In physical death, your spirit goes out of your body or is detached, not 100%, but to a great extent from your body, but out of your own, it's not uh, uh, in your control, it's without your control. But in voluntary death, it's with your control. So this person reached this position. But Mirza Jawad Agha thought it's better that this is given to him by my master, not by myself. So again, he took him back after six years to Akhun Mullah Hussein Quliya Hamadani. And told him that this man is, alhamdulillah, in a very good health, spiritual health. And he is in a very good mood. And now, with your blessing, he wants to have this, you know, state. And Akhun Mullah Hussain Quli Hamadani said, this is nothing. It's like this. Just he moved his hand and that person was able to be detached from his body. And he said that I saw myself. Because these people, you know, when afterwards they report, they report that they have been able to see themselves as you see yourself in mirror. But they are not looking at themselves, they are looking at their body. So their spirit can stand outside. So, this is something that for us who have not had this experience may look very strange, very odd. But this is because we are used to our illness. We are enjoying our illness. If we know that we have such a problem and we must all be like them, then we could not have, you know, any wonder or any uh, suspicion about this. What time? Okay. So, this is the second way of talking about spirituality. So, according to this, we need medicine, we need people to teach us how to cure ourselves. We need sometimes to cure and sometimes to prevent. This is also very important. Instead of letting disease come to us, again here, like physical, you know, health, it's better to prevent. Prevention is always better than treatment. How can we prevent? This is also a very broad, you know, area. How can we prevent illness to come to us? By not 
making relations with the people who are far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By not attending places in which you don't find any respect for human or religious values. By not watching things that make you I'm not saying haram things. Even halal things which make you busy and make your mind preoccupied. There are many, many ways that we can prevent. By not being with someone who is not related to you, in, you know, is not your sister or mother or aunt, someone who is far, you know, estranged, namahram, in one place. You know, according to some fuqaha, it's, they say it's forbidden. If you are in a closed room with a namahram, you don't do anything. But they say it is haram. Why? Because the Satan will be the third person there. If there is a man and woman who are namahram in the one room. So, in this way we can prevent all these problems to come. So, prevention also here is very important. The third way, which this is just the beginning, inshallah, for our main uh, part of the discussion is to introduce a journey to the people. So instead of just thinking about a combat or battle and instead of thinking about a medicine we think that we are travelers. We have a destination. We may have departed or not. I am not saying we have departed. Because unfortunately some of us have not yet departed. But if we depart, destination is clear. And then on our way to reach our destination, which is to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are many, many things, beautiful or ugly things that may happen. And we must be very careful. So, if... We are on the right path. We certainly will reach our destination. If we are on the wrong path. We will not reach our destination. We will go even farther and farther. So, this is the way that usually orafa and mystics introduce spirituality. So, they try to make you realize that you are not in a statistic uh, or in a, I could say, in a fixed position. There is a dynamism. You are, every day, every hour, you are moving. And you are getting either closer or farther from your destination. And this is the way that the Qur'an itself introduces to us. The Qur'an says that all human beings have this journey. يَا أَيُّهَا الْإِنسَانِ إِنَّكَ كَادِحٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ كَدْحًا فَمُلَاغِي O man, you are trying hard to reach your Lord. And you will reach, finally. But, we have two sorts of reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is a sort of reaching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is fixed for everyone, but they may reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while Allah is angry with them. 
while Allah will punish them. But there are people who reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while Allah, while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happy with them. So inshallah, we will try to see what can we do to make this journey easier, to make this, this destination inshallah approachable for us, and what instructions have been given by those who have already taken this path. What instructions they have given to us so that inshallah can be of help to us. So I think this is enough for tonight and inshallah we will find, uh, continue tomorrow. As you know tonight is the night of 19th of Ramadan and interestingly it corresponds to this month of Ramadan of the year in which Imam Ali was martyred. It was exactly like this Ramadan. Imam Ali was martyred on 21st Friday. And this year also Friday is 21st. So it was such a night, night of Wednesday night, that Imam Ali salam went to the mosque to awake people. Some narrations say that Imam Ali salam before starting his Fajr prayer, met Ibn Muljam and was striking. And some say it was during the prayer, which is more famous. But what is important that is that Imam Ali was fully aware of what is going to happen to him. And on many occasions, Imam reminded himself about what is happening, going to happen, his family, and even Ibn Muljam. Shaykh al-Mufid, in his book Al-Irshad, he mentions several occasions in the history that Imam warned Ibn Muljam about this. And this is something that can be a lesson also for us. That how we can become negligent. That easily, you know, we forget the warnings that have been given to us. For example, when Imam gathered people to pledge allegiance, for pledging allegiance to Imam, it said that Ibn Muljam Muradi was one of the people who wanted to pay allegiance. And Imam refused. He insisted. Imam refused. After three times, Imam accepted his allegiance. Because Imam wanted to give him a warning. And Imam told him that you will be responsible for my death. And according to some historical reports, after he left, Imam said, what prevents the most vicious man of this ummah to commit the wicked act? And then Imam pointed to his face and beard and said that this will be all covered by my blood. So Imam warned already Ibn Muljam 
But unfortunately, Ibn Muljam was one of the negligent people. So he forgot this. And on the same day that Imam alayhi salam awake him for the prayer, Ibn Muljam was reminded, it's my understanding, maybe of all the warnings that Imam had already given him, and even all the kind acts that Imam had shown him. But because he didn't look after himself in advance, because he didn't treat the illness that was in his heart, in that crucial moment he was not able to make proper decision. There is a beautiful poem from a Farsi poet. Just because the time is very short, I recite two couplets of this poem and inshallah then you will have the rest of program and Ahmad. He says that that night was very a strange night. Everything in this world, this is what this poet says, everything in this world was aware that a tragedy is going to happen. But nothing wanted to be related in any sense to this tragedy. So the night in that particular date was very worried. The night was trying to expire sooner so that the night would not be related to martyr of Imam Ali. And the day was reluctant to come because the day also didn't want to be related to this. They didn't want people to say that it was in the night of 19th or in the day of 19th that Imam was striking. So they were both reluctant. But without their decision, this happened. So when Imam salam was praying, he received this strike from Ibn Muljam. And the poet says, As sare shog sare khunin ra u besaid bechak daredus. Out of his love, out of his joy for meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ali put his bleeding head on the soil in front of the door of his beloved. When you say your prayer, you are before the door of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Ali put his bleeding head before the door of his beloved. Dast shukrane bemalid beruy kanche az dost resad jumle nekust. Out of his thankfulness, he put his hand on his face. Showing that he is fully thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because of this blessing of martyrdom. Because Ali had the idea 
that whatever reaches you from your beloved is good. If your beloved desires that you must be martyred, this is good. So Ali was not complaining. Ali was not worried. Ali was thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what happened in the life of the Prophet. When the Prophet gave him the news that he will be martyred, asked him, what would be your reaction? How can you tolerate this? How can you be patient? And Imam Ali said, this is not the place in which I must be patient. This is the place in which I must be thankful. This is not Moses or Sabr. This is the Moses for Shukr. So, we hope that we can also, inshallah, follow our Imam to be that much prepared for our death. To the extent that our death would be, inshallah, the beginning of ease, the beginning of comfort, the beginning of relief for us, inshallah. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين